Dear loving Father in heaven, we are grateful to you, Lord, that you have given us life, though we are unworthy to have it. Several times we find ourselves in a position where we are sinning against you, but in your love and mercy, you have sustained us and you have blessed us and you have forgiven us our sins and we are grateful, Lord, and we worship you. We want to live a life in loyalty to you. We want to live a life that is giving glory to your name in holiness and purity. Dear Father, as we fellowship with you now, strengthen us to that end. Grant us of your spirit. Your word has promised that to them that believe in the Son, you give power to become the sons of God. Do that for us now. Grant us of your spirit and help us, Lord, to rightly divide the word of truth, especially, Lord, please, may your spirit be upon me. I just pray that the word spoken shall impress your children to the importance of their duty in these last days and to transform our characters into the image of Jesus, for I have prayed in Jesus' name. Amen. November 3. Peter learned his lesson. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee, that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. Luke chapter 22 verse 31 and 32 Bold, aggressive and self-confident, quick to perceive and forward to act, prompt in retaliation yet generous in forgiving, Peter often erred and often received reproof, nor were his warm-hearted loyalty and devotion to Christ the less decidedly recognized and commended. Patiently, with discriminating love, the Savior dealt with his impetuous disciple, seeking to check his self-confidence and to teach him humility, obedience, and trust. But only in part was the lesson learned. Over and over again was given the warning, Thou shalt deny that thou knowest me. It was the grieved, loving heart of the disciple that spoke out in the avowal, Lord, I am ready to go with thee, both into prison and to death. When in the judgment hall, the words of denial had been spoken, when Peter's love and loyalty awakened under the Savior's glance of pity and love and sorrow, had sent him forth to the garden where Christ had wept and prayed, when his tears of remorse dropped upon the sod that had been moistened with the blood drops of his agony. Then the Savior's words, I have prayed for thee, were a stay to his soul. Christ, though foreseeing his sin, had not abandoned him to despair. If the look that Jesus cast upon him had spoken condemnation instead of pity, if in foretelling the sin he had failed of speaking hope, 
how dense would have been the darkness that encompassed Peter. He who could not spare his disciple the anguish left him not alone to its bitterness. His is a love that fails not nor forsakes. Human beings themselves go given to evil are prone to deal untenderly with the tempted and the erring. They cannot read the heart. They know not its struggle and pain. Of the rebuke that is love, of the blow that wounds to heal, of the warning that speaks hope, they have need to learn. A miracle of tenderness was Peter's transformation. It is a life lesson to all who seek to follow in the steps of the Master Teacher. Amen. The title of our devotion for today is Peter Learned His Lesson. What is the lesson being referred to? Two days ago, we studied concerning Peter. When we learned, Peter speaks up. But before that, we learned another lesson before that, when Peter walked on water. There was a problem that was identified for Peter that day. And it was a problem of self-confidence. Peter was was having always having this impetuous character though he loved jesus don't mistake it to mean he didn't love jesus he did love jesus and it was out of a desire to show that love out of a desire to prove himself loyal to jesus that he was always trying to do and do so much or outdo the other disciples to show how much he loved jesus but there was a problem self-reliance self-confidence a lack of self-distrust. Peter did not see his weakness like he should have. He did not understand the real foundation of a true Christian character which is self-renunciation and complete, total, constant dependence and reliance on the power out of man and a power above him, the divine power that he later would say gives us all things that pertains to godliness that makes us to escape the corruption that is in this world through lust. Jesus had tried to warn Peter over and over concerning this matter of self-confidence but he didn't listen and now just as Jesus was about to enter the last phase of the um, ratification of man's salvation which was to die on the cross he told Peter in the book of Luke 22, verse 31 to 34, he said, And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan had desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee, that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. And he, that's Peter, said unto him, Lord, I am ready to go with thee both into prison and to death. And Jesus said, I tell thee, Peter, the cock shall not crow this day before that thou shalt thrice deny that thou knowest me. If it were you that Jesus told this thing, what would you say? Do you understand what he was telling Peter? He was telling Peter, you are going to do something really nasty today. Only if you humble yourself will you accept that you can do such a thing. Peter was just like Hazael who said, Am I, is thy servant a dog? He never believed that such a prophecy would be given about himself that he will do such a nasty thing 
and instead of agreeing his, he was saying god forbid it will never be my portion it will not be me instead of him to humbly say wow is it me and then choose to pray you know after this when jesus took both peter john and um, james to gethsemane jesus now told them watch and pray these words that jesus told to peter that he was going to deny him was supposed to be a subject matter for prayer but peter slept off why did peter sleep off because he didn't take this counsel seriously this counsel was supposed to arouse him to realize that i am going to deny my lord he's supposed to have prayed with jesus that day so that he will not fall but what happened when they came to take jesus who was first peter with a sword cut off the ear of malchus and then what next he followed jesus to the place where he was being judged we know the story peter denied his lord but there's something that he did that was wrong when jesus had told him you are going to deny me peter retorted he responded when we read it from the book signs of the times may 5 1898 we are told but paragraph 6 we are told this but now peter feels that he must speak and assures his master that he will never be guilty of denying his lord he did not realize that in that very assertion he was refusing caution and reproof from christ when men feel themselves so strong then it is that they need the words of inspiration brought to their minds let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall had peter done this he would not have disgraced himself and put christ to open shame the time had come when silence was eloquence when to think in quietness was far better than any speech he could have made but peter knew so little of his own heart that he denied the truthfulness of christ's statement christ had told peter that he was mistaken in his ideas of himself and that in not receiving and believing the words of christ he was doing the very evil that christ had declared he would be guilty of we see the same spirit manifested today we need ever abiding in the soul the treasure of the word of god that when the host of hell shall seek to destroy with temptations we may be ready with sharp perception to discern his wiles and meet him as christ met him in the wilderness with it is written when we feel our personal weakness when we depend on christ and not on self we have done what we can then the heavenly intelligences are ready to lift up the standard for us against the enemy saying to the satanic agencies thus far shall thou go and no farther the tempted one often does not realize that he has unseen heavenly agencies working in his behalf but this is so Peter answered and said unto him, Though all men shall be offended because of thee, yet will I never be offended. Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, that this night before the cock crow thou shalt deny me thrice. Oh, how poorly will many who feel so self-sufficient stand the test. Jesus could see the future. He could read even the thoughts of the heart. He knew that Peter's first denial would not stop there. Having denied his Lord once, occasion was given to deny again and the second denial brought circumstances in his train to deny the third time and that with cursing and swearing 
Peter should have taken it for granted that Jesus knew him better than he knew himself. He should have humbled his heart and asked for special grace that this thing might not be but he lost this opportunity in not heeding or believing the warning given. In the most decided manner, he declared, Though I should die with thee, yet will I not deny thee. Peter was thoroughly honest in his assertion, but he was not half as wise as he thought himself to be. He was ignorant of himself. He did not realize his own weakness. It is the privilege of the believer to know that Christ knows all things and he would never have made that statement if Peter had known his own heart. Jesus did not try farther to make Peter believe that he knew what course he would pursue but he knew that the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. At this time, Peter should have been examining himself. How distrustful of self should he have been? But he refused to admit that the picture presented before him was correct and in the place of inviting research, although the Holy Spirit of God had revealed to him the character he would manifest on that test and trial, he refused to accept it. If he had humbled his soul before God in place of denying the searching and, read and reading of his inmost soul, he would have said with the prophet, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips. Peter needed a deeper, broader knowledge of Jesus Christ. He had listened to his words and enjoyed his lessons. He had acknowledged Christ as the Son of God and believed him to be this. But he had only touched the margin of faith in Christ. There were depths in the knowledge of his character which demanded his homage, his faith, his tribute of perfect trust and unshaking confidence. Thou shalt see greater these things than this is the promise that invites increased faith and expectation. End of quote. The account of Peter's denial is found in the book of Luke 22, reading from verse 54 to 62, and you can read it for yourself. Yeah, you see that Peter denied Jesus three times with cursing and swearing. He was identified clearly by one man in the book of Luke 22, verse 60, and Peter said, Man, I know not what thou sayest, and immediately while he yet spake, the cock crew. And in verse 61 it says, And the Lord turned and looked upon Peter. And Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said unto him, Before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. And Peter went out and wept bitterly. What lessons do we learn from this Peter's denial of his Lord? The lessons that I see here are many. Firstly, we are told, let him that thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. And another lesson we should learn is, do not think that people you see who fall into sin are people who don't love God. Desire of Ages, page 415, paragraph 4 says, Peter loved his Lord, but Jesus did not condemn him, God did not commend him when he spoke those things saying, oh, you are not going to suffer and all of that. And also today, we read the same thing concerning Peter. Peter loved God. He did. But even though he loved God, he didn't understand himself. And Jesus knew that Peter loved him. But the lesson here for us is we must have 
a thorough knowledge of ourselves and accept what the Lord says about us. In the book of Revelation 3, reading from verse 14, the message is given from Jesus to Laodicea and he tells us that we are wretched, miserable, poor, blind and naked. Will you say, God forbid, I am a child of God, I am a royal priesthood, a holy nation, when Jesus says to you, I know your works, that you are neither hot nor cold, and that you are lukewarm, and that he will spew you out of his mouth. What are you supposed to respond? Woe is me, for I am a man of unclean lips. I am undone because I am a man of unclean lips. That was what Peter was supposed to do. It's supposed to drive us to prayer. The Lord knows us more than we know ourselves. But Peter was self-confident. We have learned this before, that we should manifest, understand that we are weak, frail humans. Even our own hearts, we do not know it. It is desperately wicked. And accept the Lord's verdict upon us and choose to follow him by accepting his description of what we are. There are some of us who we want to prove our loyalty to God. Maybe we have fallen into sin once or twice and then we tell the Lord, Lord, I will not do it again. Never, I will not do it again. The Lord already forgives you your sin, but he knows that you will do it again. And he tells you, I have prayed for you. Don't fall into that trap of saying, Lord, no, I will never do it again. This is the last time. I won't do it again. Many times, that is exactly what Peter was saying. That statement, I will not do it again to the Lord. It's just as Peter saying to the Lord, I will not deny you. Even if all men deny, I will not. This is the last chance. Just forgive me now. I will never do it again. The Lord is looking pityingly upon you. And Peter was sorely tempted at this time. Because there are many who, after they have promised the Lord, I will not do it again. Whatever that habit is, whatever that sin is, when they finally do it, they lose their faith. And they don't follow God again. But Peter had an assurance which you also have. Jesus had told him earlier, I have prayed for you. And it was those words that strengthened Peter when he fell. You may fall into sin, but hear Jesus telling you, I have prayed for you. It doesn't take him by surprise. It may take you by surprise, but it doesn't take him by surprise. He knows already that you are going to fall. Not once, not twice, thrice like for Peter. And even more, he knows already. And he's praying for you. Do your best. But the thing is, self-confidence is a problem. We must pray. Don't say, I will not do it again. It's just like Peter not seeing his need for prayer. Know that you can do it again. Because when you know that you can do it again, it will drive you to your knees and then you will pray for pray for help from the Lord. But when you say, oh Lord, I will never do this again, I will never commit this sin again, then you may fall into that self-confidence that will not lead you to depend on the Lord and see your weakness and pray continually. Like the Bible says, pray without ceasing. Watch and pray lest you fall into temptation. That's what we are told. Don't be so confident to say, I will not do it again. But remember that whenever you fall, the Lord is looking out for you and he will help you. And he has prayed for you just as he had prayed for Peter. 
But then again, another lesson is for us to learn from our Lord. We read from Conflict and Courage, page 313, paragraph 6. A miracle of divine tenderness was Peter's transformation. It is a life lesson to all who seek to follow in the steps of the master teacher. End of quote. What was it that helped Peter? A miracle of divine tenderness. Jesus did not rebuke Peter. He understood the struggle that Peter had. We read in paragraph 5, He who could not spare his disciple the anguish left him not alone to its bitterness. His is a love that fails not nor forsakes. Human beings themselves given to evil are prone to deal untenderly with the tempted and the erring. They cannot read the heart. They know not its struggle and pain. Of the rebuke that is love, of the blow that wants to heal, of the warning that speaks hope, they have need to learn. End of quote. We have need to learn it. When you see someone falling, we are very prone to imagine this person in, inside his heart. He is wicked. He is this and that. But Peter, even though he denied Jesus three times, do you understand what that is? I place the scene of Peter in my mind. I see it as the same thing as what Judas did. Judas sold Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. Jesus, Peter sold out that day. He denied Jesus, that he didn't know him. Do you understand what that means? There was Jesus suffering his own master and Peter said I know not the man you know not the man here was the man who you said that you were going to die for and here Peter says I know not the man what a shame and then if you look, read Luke 22 verse 58 it says and after a little while another saw him and said thou art also of them and Peter said man I am not verse 59 and about the space of one hour take note one hour after another confidently affirmed saying of a truth this fellow also was with him for he is a Galilean and Peter said man I know not what thou sayest if we read in the account of Matthew the Bible says that he began to curse and swear he what does it mean that by this he denied he changed his character that was what happened because they identified him not just by his dress, the way he comported himself, the way he spoke. Because in Matthew, he says, Thy speech betrays you. That was what they told him. The way you are talking. You are talking like one of these disciples. You are so polite. You are so kind. You are talking like Jesus. And Peter changed his speech and started to talk like the rude people on the streets to show them that he has nothing to do with Jesus. In the book of Matthew 26 from verse 71, it says, And after a while came unto him they that stood by and said to Peter, Surely thou also art one of them, for thy speech bereath thee. Then began he to curse and to swear, saying, I know not the man. And immediately the cock crew. Do you know what that means? change of character it was by his character his words they identified him they said the way you are speaking that is what shows me you are a child of god you are a disciple of jesus but peter did what he spoke differently now because it was being kind and polite before he then changed and started to curse and to swear and start to use you know those curse words like people do today and the F and the H and the F word and all of that and he started to do all those kind of things to show them look I'm not like this man I don't know anything about him I'm like you guys and there Jesus was not far away and here bold Peter was denying him and Jesus turned 
and looked at Peter. Three times he had denied Jesus. While Jesus was passing through his, his own trial, he was thinking of Peter. He knew what was going on and when Peter was denying him, he took some time to turn away from all the bustle and troubles he was passing through under Annas and Caiaphas and he turned and looked at Peter and his eyes met Peter's eyes and he knew what Jesus said has happened three times, not once. When Peter denied Jesus the first time, that should have been a wake-up call. Is this not what Jesus said I was going to do? The second time, it should have been a wake-up call. But the third time, he did it again. The lesson for us is this. That look that Jesus gave to Peter was a look of tenderness. We need to deal tenderly with the erring. Peter was struggling. And the struggle was a struggle of self-confidence. He didn't know himself. We need to learn to deal tenderly with people who are tempted and people who err. We need to be like Jesus who prays for them. Even though you know that you see someone who is struggling, don't expect that people will just overcome immediately. You should already give allowance like Jesus gave allowance that these people may fall again and again and again. But yet, already pray for them before then. Some may not even know themselves and think, oh, I have overcome. I'm never going to do this again. Yeah, Like Jesus, we should learn to give room and allowance and that this person may fall again. It may be your husband, your wife, your child, it may be your friend, anyone, a stranger. Know that humans are struggling just like Peter was struggling and the Lord gave allowance for his struggle and prayed for him. We should learn to pray to, for, for, for our brethren. Like it says here, the rebuke that is love, the blow that wounds to heal, the warning that speaks hope, we need to learn these things. It is not the one that is condemning, the blow that condemns, the rebuke that condemns, and the warning that doesn't speak any hope to anyone. We need to learn to be like Jesus in this matter. But most of all, like I said, like or I say equally, we also need to learn that lesson of feeling our weakness. Feeling our weakness. Reading from Bible Echo, April 15, 1893, paragraph 4, we are told, Nothing but divine power can regenerate the human heart and imbue the soul with love, the love of Christ, which will ever manifest itself in love for those whom he died. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, goodness, long-suffering, faith, meekness. When a man is converted to God, a new moral taste is supplied, a new motive power is given, and he loves the things that God loves. For his life is bound up by the golden chain of immutable promises with the life of Jesus. We should grow daily in spiritual loveliness. We shall often fail in our efforts to copy the divine pattern. We shall often have to bow down to weep at the feet of Jesus because of our shortcomings and mistakes. But we must not be discouraged. Pray more fervently, believe more fully, and then, with greater steadfastness, abide in Christ and grow into the likeness of our Lord. As we distrust our own power, we shall trust the power of our Redeemer and render praise to God who is the health of our countenance. End of quote. Amen. And this was the experience people Peter had. And it's the experience many of us are having. Not even that we had, but we are having it right now. We are falling. Not once, not twice. 
and like we have read we shall often have to feel jesus has made allowance for it that's why he said if any man sin we have an advocate with the father jesus christ the righteous and he is the propitiation for our sins john had said these things write i unto you that you sin not we're not to sin but if we sin there's an allowance but we need to grow we need to pray more fervently believe more fully grow start again with greater steadfastness but come out with a greater understanding of your weakness self-confidence will always bring us down reading from youth instructor december 15 1898 paragraph 10 and 11 says in peter's fall we have before us our own individual cases just as verily as did peter many of the professedly commandment keeping people of god dishonor and bring reproach upon their best friend the one who can save them to the uttermost but the lord will restore to himself all who have put him to shame by their unscriptural course of action peter sinned against light and knowledge and against great and exalted privileges it was self-confidence that caused him to fail and it is this same evil that is now working in human hearts it may be our purpose to be right and to do right but we shall most surely err unless we are constant learners in the school of christ our only safety is in walking humbly with god end of quote and i can say that again our only safety is in walking humbly with god let us learn humility and what is humility it is to listen to the counsel the lord is giving you don't say no it won't happen to me when you hear someone telling you and i've seen this happen to people the counsels of the lord says to you don't do this don't do that don't go here these are barriers that the lord has placed to protect you the other day i was talking about driving how on how weak i was feeling myself to be and then because of weakness we pray how many of us in that same matter we are confident and many times it's working out but it's not going to be like that all the time do not feel so confident to break rules that is where self-confidence comes in when you know that the council says don't do this don't go here because they are protective not that these things are sins in and of themselves for example we are told that you should not walk that's Proverbs 7 don't go near the house of the harlot we are told don't even go close we are also told evil communication corrupts good manners don't go close don't spend time with things that are evil the movies and you say oh i'm strong i can handle it i've heard somebody tell me that before i can actually watch these movies and they will not affect me i can handle it my mind is mature and even they make you feel that way they will tell you pg-18 pg-23 pg this and pg that as though the more you grow the easier it is to handle evil that this one is for children this one is for adults adults what can adults handle sin sin is sin temptation is temptation there's nothing that, like that is the devil who is making you think that this one can be handled by adults while this one cannot be handled by children nobody can handle temptation nobody can handle sin we shouldn't bring it close to ourselves thinking that we can handle it self-confidence is what will make you go that close and you feel that you can handle it you cannot handle it be careful don't be self-confident and think that you can break those barriers of social reform also thinking you can spend time discussing with someone in, or in the opposite sex for in odd hours and then in areas that are not protective i would say you are breaking the rules 
The first time nothing may happen, second time and you start to grow confident thinking I can do it and nothing will happen to me. The Bible says that is when Solomon was old that his wives got to him. And you may do it once, twice, three, four times, thousands of times but it doesn't make it right. It is only deceiving you the more. You are growing in self-confidence. Be careful. Don't do anything that will bring confidence in self. And how does that happen? The same way it happened to Solomon. When Solomon married the first hidden wife, he became self-confident. The Lord had said, do not marry the ungodly. He married the ungodly and nothing happened and self-confidence came. So it is with us. We break the rules and then we see nothing happens. What does he do to us? Self-confidence. Be careful. Do not break the rules. Whether it is in diet, whether it is in social reform, in the way you relate with the opposite sex. In the things you feed your eyes and your ears with, what you read, what you watch, what you listen to, in the places you go, be careful. It is those laws to me, those tiny ones, those ones that look that they don't have any con- like they don't have any consequence. Those are the most important ones. The blatant things, sins themselves, we will always run from them. They don't make us self-confident because we fall. We know we have fallen. But you see those smaller ones that look like after you have done it, you have not sinned against God, but you tempted yourself. Those are the ones to take note of because those are the ones that will ruin you the more. And what is your ruin? Self-confidence. Remember that the foundation of following God is self-distrust. The opposite of that is self-confidence. Anything that will bring self-confidence is detrimental to spiritual growth. Better is the case of that publican and harlot who knows that they are sinners falling all the time than that man who is like the Pharisee, not necessarily falling to blatant sins, but breaking little rules here and there and getting more bolder in self-confidence. Be careful, brother. Let him that think he standeth take heed lest he fall. That is the word of the Lord to us. Let us humble ourselves under God and follow his instructions. Realize our weakness and learn. Peter finally learned his lesson. And secondly, let us learn to deal tenderly with those who err. Give them a chance and let us learn to also do the same for ourselves. Don't say to the Lord, oh, I will never do it again and then. The Lord knows you will. Many times he knows. He's working on us. It takes time to overcome. But let us keep pressing on and let us give people the chance to press on. Don't give up on anyone. You don't know people's hearts and their struggle. Therefore, give them a chance. Just like you know that you also struggle. May the Lord give us grace to properly understand these lessons and put it into practice. Let us pray. Thank you, dear Father, for the words you have spoken to us. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you have prayed for us. Help us, Lord, not to be self-confident. We need to learn it, that we should humble ourselves before you. Help us, Lord, not to look down on those who are falling, because we ourselves may very well fall into the same iniquities and sins. Give us grace, Lord, to meekly follow after you, not feeling strong, but always feeling weak and being driven to the Lord so that we can do exactly what you want us to do all the time in humility. Thank you for your prayers for us, and I pray you help us to manifest that same character towards others. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen.
Oh, oh, oh. 